Test, test, test. <laughs> we were just testing the mic. And we kind of wrote an awesome song that I think should you be did. part of Are You the Likeness? Uh, Are You the Likeness? <laughs> what yes. podcast is this? Um, after, the, after the Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? What is happening? Let's this just kick it off. Thing. I don't know what's going Let's on. Let's do it. I'm Matt Kitchen. And I'm Father Eric. And this is After, after the, the Likeness. likeness. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to After the Likeness. Yes. Not, not Are You the Likeness. Nope. Yep. This is After the Likeness. <laughs> no the darkness. number one most popular San Antonio-based all-male-hosted Episcopalian podcast in the world. Dare you to find one better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What's going on, dude? Oh, not much. Hanging out and having fun. It is the day before Ash Wednesday. Ooh. So Shrove Tuesday. Shrove in our Tuesday. Yeah. Or some might call it Fat Tuesday. Yes. Fat Tuesday. Mardi Gras. Ooh, ooh. Carnival. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, did you did you shrove it up? I didn't. I didn't shrive. You know, there's no shrovedity? No. I had not shriven myself. Yeah. So shrive actually comes from. I know you didn't mean to open this can of worms, but you just did. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so like we're saying lots of places the day before ash wednesday is a big festival mardi gras in sort of the french-speaking world which means fat tuesday in the caribbean like carnival is often around it oh yeah yeah carnival comes from carne which means meat so it's like all about eating stuff right fat tuesday eating meat well we call it shrove tuesday in the english tradition um and that comes from the word shriven which you probably never heard before unless you saw that masterpiece, Leonardo DiCaprio's Romeo and Juliet. Uh, yeah. Yeah, of course, That where we get all of our theological knowledge Heck from. Heck yeah, man. Where, um, where, Claire uh, Danes. That's right, Claire Danes. Boz Lurman. Exactly. <laughs> and Claire Danes tells her, uh, or gets a message from... Um, from through her little maid from uh, Leo, Leo DiCaprio, mm-hmm. Romeo, that uh, hie you hence to the church and be yourself shriven for a husband shall await you. I am paraphrasing. That is not how Shakespeare wrote it. But I feel like you probably nailed it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, as much as Claire Danes and Leo DiCaprio did, I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah. Hey, so but how about that soundtrack of that yeah, movie? Oh my gosh, so I good. loved it. It's a soundtrack of my of my head. Right. That and that church with all the like neon light, like uh, crosses and stuff like that. That is still like my ideal yes, aesthetic for a church, dude. Like. Gothic style with neon crosses. And there would be no... Lots of candles. There would be no cardigans without that movie. No, no. That's I, right. I mean, like the band, not and the were, no, article yeah, of clothing. I know. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> dude, dude. Love um, me, love me. <laughs> we're going crazy. I thought this was going to be a really low-energy show, but no. No, never underestimate because a woman you, powered you, by caffeine <laughs> and prayer. As Matt's cup, uh, as my mug, proudly said. Never underestimate a woman powered by <laughs> caffeine and prayer. It's my special mug. True words. It's my special mug. Yeah. So, what was uh, Claire Danes doing, Juliet, when she went down there to be shriven and shriven. then married? That means it actually comes from uh, the word for confess. So, like to go uh, be shriven is to go and be loosed, 
basically of your sins. And so like a lot of people in the week before sort of the pre-Lenten preparation for Lent, which is the preparation for Easter, um, would start giving stuff up or start preparing for the big fast that starts on Ash Wednesday in the few days before the week, the the week before. So uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday are actually it's Shrive Monday, Shrive Tuesday, and Shrive, and Shrive Sunday because people would <laughs> often go. They'd make a confession, let it all go, and then they'd start their fast and prepare for Easter. So Shrove Tuesday, that's where that comes from. But of course, as every um, Episcopalian and sort of probably, I, I imagine this is like an English-wide thing. Now, it's the thing Shrove Tuesday is famous for, that's today, is pancake suppers, baby. Yeah, Which is unfortunate because I hate pancakes. Oh, well, there's also bacon and I sausage. lots of bacon yeah. on this night yeah. every year. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So traditionally, a lot of the things you'd give up in Lent are heavy things like eggs, dairy, butter, stuff like that, sugar, sweets. Mm. And so pancakes pretty much involve all of those things put together pancake and syrup and like yeah. bacon and, and sausage and so you're kind of trying to get rid of all your stuff so it doesn't go bad for the next 40 days when you won't be eating it what um, is that yeah. really the reason yeah part of it i what? mean like it's also to just like have a party and yeah, enjoy loose it. that's right so uh so yeah so that's true of tuesday that's today and then tomorrow's ash well, wednesday i prepared accordingly yeah you know what i had today for lunch tell me cc's pizza oh yeah Great minds think alike, my friend. <laughs> I had a oh, shamefully a whole Domino's pizza all to myself oh this my, lunch. I'm so I'm proud of you. Regretting it a little bit, but <laughs> not that much. You need a little guilt going into Lent. I, think. I had 14, maybe 15 slices. What? Plus a couple cinnamon rolls. What? And a couple I am jealous. It wasn't okay. It was. If we it was both, both fall asleep my... in the middle of this. <laughs> We're going to wake up and it's going to be Palm Sunday. It was both my best and worst moments. No. Good decision making, yeah. I say. <laughs> yep. 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 You're you going to learn. See, Lent is all about, it's not about distinguishing bad things we do from good things we do. Mm-hmm. It's about distinguishing good things we do from better things. Yes. And like CC's and cinnamon rolls is really yes, good. Real good. But it can mm-hmm. distract us from better mm-hmm. things. But so you, it's good. You load up on it and you're like, yeah. okay, I learned my lesson now. You have now to get I'm it all concentrate out. on the better things. Do it before it gets all linty right. up in here, as exactly. Jesus said. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. We have learned the limits of the satisfaction that pizza can bring, <laughs> which is limited. It's great. It's a great place pizza can you know, take you. On a, but on there's a, a limit. <laughs> on a, a more serious note, I, I feel like there's. <laughs> more serious than CC. More buffets. serious <laughs> than this. <laughs> I uh, I feel like you know God may be working on me in me, whatever you want to say, more yeah. than I feel like because this year mm-hmm. I'm actually excited for Lent. Really, and I've never felt that before. Really, yeah, it's just kind of cool. All right, it's welcome. Like this, it's like this cool, like preparatory time that, Lent? like, you yeah. really like focus on yes. things you don't necessarily always focus on. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It and really then I is. know all like the cool like Holy Week stuff is coming and that's yep. all exciting too. So yeah. I'm like man. Yeah. It it's a is. cool time. It is. I'm ready. What, when you're into it, it's Let's really get cool. all linty that's up right. in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow. Get yes. linty tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Said a little orphan. If Annie. we do finish our this series before Lent is over. Ha. Uh <laughs> We should just do a talk about Lent, but um, but honestly, like, already have. Lent been is like supposed to be a good time. You know, sometimes yeah. people who don't practice it 
or have just sort of heard of it or maybe grew up in like, I don't know, something where they were just not allowed to eat candy for 40 or something <laughs> and they didn't choose that. Just seems um, gloomy and sad. Like it really is setting aside good things, but for the sake of better things. And mm-hmm. so like, it's nice every year to have a time set aside where it's like, okay, here's my excuse to like not watch as much TV and YouTube and take time with my family, take time with prayer, with scripture. And you know, it's we're never very motivated to do those things. That's the truth. Especially family. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we're we're not we're it's not usually like we're like, yes, oh yes, I'm gonna it's some it's like hard to do those disciplines sometimes, uh consistently. Yeah. But when we do them, it's like going to the gym. We always feel better. Like no one wants mm. to go to the gym. Mm. <laughs> okay. A good gym. A, a, a gym whose burden is life. You mean Jim's restaurant? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big fan. <laughs> big fan also. Big fan also. Oh, man. Should have gone there for lunch, too. Oh, dude. There's well, still, there's still time. Hey. That's right. Before the pancakes. They're space. open late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. Let's go after. Yep. Yep. And then to me, Lent doesn't start until you've gone to the service on Ash Yes, exactly. You got in the ashes. Uh-huh. Plus, yep. hey, plus, I so... I might get to this in a minute, but I was just listening yeah. to an old episode with friend. Oh, and uh, we oh, were this? we were talking about <laughs> how the Jewish uh, days start in the evening. Yes, so we're still good. Yeah, it's still not Ash Wednesday. Yes, for it's like still another twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I like again liturgically. I think I don't think you really start Lent until you go to get your ash. Till you get the ashes placed yeah. right on that forehead. That's right. That's Do you put right. your own on? No, or do on myself. Yeah, no, because usually I, I have a partner. You could, <laughs> uh, usually like it's either another it right priest now. or well, you can't do it now. It's it's Shrove Tuesday. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna stop you. Wearing ashes around. I'm save you from yourself and the pancake madness. <laughs> People are gonna be like, "What are you Presbyterian? <laughs> do you know how this works?" Ashes on Shrove Tuesday. <laughs> Eat some pancakes, you Calvinist. <laughs> That's what they'll say. No offense. Uh, Once again, disclaimer to all Presbyterians listening. I love Presbyterians. He doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) It's an abiding sacrificial charity. (laughs) Uh, Are you going to do anything Lent-wise this Lent? Yeah, I have some things. I have some like- Can you 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 share? Are they personal? I mean, they're personal, but like they're not like personal. Um, (laughs) Tell me, tell me. So like I usually, you know, cut out sweets. I usually, normally during the year, I will abstain from meat on Wednesdays and Fridays anyway. Um, And and that, you know, uh, I usually extend to Mondays too. So Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, don't eat meat during Lent. Um, and then, um, generally, and I think I'm doing it this year too, like no videos, like I don't watch YouTube, I don't watch movies, TV shows, stuff like that. So it's not easy. Days. That's not an easy one. Yeah. It's hard. Um, there are some exceptions sometimes like got to watch some stuff for work and all that stuff. Work, um, quote unquote. Yeah. That's yeah. air quotes I just made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Usually I'll have a book that I read, like either Ooh. a spiritual book or a book of the Bible that I'll you read just, through Lent. You read C.S. Lewis, don't you? All the every time, <laughs> every time. It's just the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe every year. Actually, it might be that hideous strength this year. No, but that's <laughs> that's fun reading. That's fun reading. Oh yeah. So um, you have to read something yeah, miserable. That's right. <laughs> I just try and keep like my phone time to a minimum yeah, as yeah. well. Like I can't totally. Because what if I come up and I'm saying, "Hey, watch this," 
with my phone. Then well, then the sin is upon to? you. So <laughs> kid behind me, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Actually, that's one of the rules of fasting: is your fasting shouldn't really interfere with other people. Oh. Like, actually, that's the readings for Ash Wednesday are always about like, hey, when you're fasting, don't disfigure your face and oh, like yeah, all this stuff. Yeah. Like, go. You know, wash your ashes off uh, because <laughs> you're not supposed to be like, look at me fasting over here. If it's like interfering with your family or like with other people or like you're going to go to someone's house for dinner and be like, oh, I'm sorry. I can't eat anything that you prepare. No, <laughs> like if they someone serves meat and you're not eating meat that day, but that's it'd be rude to but refuse. A great excuse. You're if, supposed if to food, eat it. Food looks gross. Yeah, like ooh, but that's right. Sorry, yeah, yeah. that's just yeah. <laughs> that's common sense all through the year. <laughs> now I'm fasting from uh, from that today. I'm very from spiritual. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, to gave up salads. Very spiritual for God in particular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel the Lord in this place. Yeah. <laughs> Iceberg lettuce is against the will of. I think I also am going to do what I did uh, mm-hmm. last year, which is try to do morning prayer every morning of Lent. Nice. Try to get that back in action again because yeah. i'm a yeah. slacker and uh mm-hmm. you know probably mm-hmm. just uh work on this uh physical health a little bit here too because uh, i say that every year working and out I, I end up worse <laughs> <laughs> worse or better <laughs> it depends if you work at zz's or not that's right <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. So well, look, we should probably get into this whole uh, yeah. service thing. Let's I just, do it. I just ran into uh, our buddy Brandon outside picking up his kids. And oh, he's really? Like, I said, I said, I'm about to record the podcast. And he's like, already? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's only been, you're four and a half months early. <laughs> I don't know if that's how he meant it, but that's how I took it. And it yeah. was hilarious. Yep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how he meant. <laughs> I appreciate well, it. Well, thanks, Brandon, yeah. for uh, listening. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just so I'm happy. Me I'm too. happy we're doing two in a row Me here. Too, it's dude. like great. I was like really like thinking I probably wouldn't be able to do this one today, but I was like I'm pushing everything no, aside because if it. we don't do this one, this is our we're gonna push it Tuesday. Yeah, we're gonna push it for like months. So yeah, like, we got to keep a, a streak going. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like you, you make a habit in like four months or something. I think is that's right. If you're only doing twice a month, that's right. So we're doing four months off. We got to do four months yeah, on, yeah, at least. Yeah. All right. So where we left off? Okay. Last, so where we? Yeah, where we're we going left? to the communion, right? Yeah, we were we almost. Pieced, yeah, we were we ready. It out. We finished the liturgy of the table, uh, which is. Or I'm sorry, we finished the liturgy of the word, yeah. which is all about the word, which is all about uh, speaking. We sing and pray and um, say the psalms and scriptures and preach and proclaim our faith, confess our sins. We offer up the prayers of the people um, all back and forth um, to God and uh, receive blessings from him, including absolution, all that kind of cool stuff um, from God. And then as a group, and remember, for those of you all that blessedly are just tuning in and like didn't have the four month gap. You probably remember to the first episode of this <laughs> little part, the first part. You know the whole beginning part, the great synaxis, the gathering of the word of around the word is to make us one in Christ, right? To make us one, to make us uh, the people who are assembled at the proclamation of the word of God, like which a is common God's union. People. Yeah, a common union. <laughs> And now we're going to like seal the deal of this common union, right? The communion. 
Very clever. <laughs> so liturgically here, like there's not an actual, like we're all usually facing the altar already more or less, yeah. but liturgically it's sort of the center of where stuff is happening moves from in front of the altar up to the altar. So like the altar is there, but we, we bring the gospel book down into the people, right? Yeah. That's kind of the center of where stuff's happening. We're going back and forth. Uh, lifting up our prayers to God. And now we're all, but now we're all focused on the altar. And so this is why the altar, the table of the Lord, this is called the liturgy of the table. And so um, the big transition point to move us from being centered on sort of ourselves and hearing the word of God and praying all that stuff and to what's going to happen at the altar is called the offertory. Now, the offertory can be as simple as just one little sentence that the priest reads. And, like, if you've been in an Episcopal church, you probably heard, you know, like, at the end of uh, of the piece, the priest will say something like, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God. Do you have some up there, too, with the offertory? Is that what you're looking at? It says there's a whole other page for offertory sentences. Yes, that's right. 376. There's, there's a bunch of them. Some of them are more appropriate to certain Sundays or certain seasons. Um, I kind of usually pick one off the top of my head, given whatever we just were reading and talking about. Offer like to, to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and make good your vows to the Most High. Wait, these are all verses. Not all of them. That first one... No, wait, that first one is, but the last one is not. Do you want to um, read that Let one? us with gladness present the offerings and oblations of our life and labor to the Lord. That's right. Not in the Bible. Not. That one. It's in that the one prayer book, the number two book. <laughs> yeah. The No, so, uh, so that last sentence, like, let us offer with gladness the offerings and oblations of our life and labor to the Lord, that kind of sums up the meaning of all of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's different scriptures that sort of give out different ways of why or how Christ offered himself or why we praise and glorify him for the great offering he has made or like in the walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. It's sort of like to the that's, congregation. That's one you usually do, right? Yeah. Okay. A, it's a, a pretty often. In pretty there. often. Yeah. Because yeah. it's calling us to, you know, Christ has offered himself. So now we are going to imitate him, but with a loving offering. Right. Uh -huh. And so the big thing that happens in this uh, time, and this, this is like a key, key, key hinge point of the service where it's like, we're not just talking anymore, we're acting. And so uh. this is how we all get up there on the altar as well. It's not just our attention that goes to the altar. We're up there on the altar. So like the two big movements that usually that happen in most church services is at that point, a couple of ushers or some people from the congregation will take the bread and the wine from the back of the church. This is the bread and the wine that will be consecrated and become the communion bread and wine, the body and blood Speaking of Christ. Speaking usher, did you watch the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the reference, and no, I didn't. I thought Taylor Swift was at the Super Bowl. Didn't oh, she score four gosh, touchdowns man. and win? I don't know. Oh, boy. Yeah. Go on, but I go on with your yeah. service. No, she got talk. three home runs. I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Usher, other R and B artists, bring up the gifts from the congregation. The gifts are first and foremost the bread and the wine, yes. right? Um, and those represent us. That's why we always bring them up from the back, or 
normally bring them up from the back. I don't back. think I've ever actually noticed that. That's wild. Yeah, that's right. So we I mean, are- I'm usually in the middle playing a song, I guess. I don't really think- Yeah, that's right. You're usually <laughs> playing music. So, and that's the thing. We actually pile a lot of different offerings mm-hmm. on this time as well. So the next thing that at usually, this is just what we do, but this is the normal, normal pattern you'll see. The ushers will bring up the bread and the wine so that they can get up. That's just sort of- you know, practical so that the priest can start like laying them back out on that, that table kind of back in the corner. Is that where it is? Yeah. They're on so a, I do a pass table. By it. I just corner. never realized that's what it that's was. That's right. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So in a, a bit like a, like St. Mark's downtown or something yeah. like a big church, is it all the way yeah. back there? Wow. Pretty much. I think I so. I think I've ever, I mean, noticed. I don't that's know crazy. for sure. Cause I, I, it's been a while. I, the time I, I, th- I don't think I've been to a Eucharist there. No, I have for a funeral though, but so I wasn't paying attention. That's but a, yes, that's a few. It's brought up. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but it's brought up from the congregation. I do remember that. Oh, um, we don't. You, cause in the oh. a funeral, usually it's family members that bring it up. That's kind of um, been the interesting part about this whole series we're doing is now they have things to look for during the show. Like, oh, yeah, yes. oh yeah. That. Oh yeah. Yes. That. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause oftentimes these little things like sometimes they just seem practical. It's like, well, we had to get the bread and wine up there somehow. It's like no, we could we could start with it up there. Sometimes we do if it's a really small service and you don't have ushers. Yeah, you might do that, but we're doing it on purpose, bringing it up from the congregation so that it clearly symbolizes like this is our offering as a group of all, the fruits of our labor, right? Like literally grapes made into you know wine uh, and and wheat made into bread that we're offering up to God. You know what? So, I also probably would have never noticed until this yeah. moment is how the offertory is part of the the liturgy of the table, as you say. Like it's yes, I always kind of associate it yeah. with like after that, then we get into communion. You know? No, that's right. Yeah, looking it's in the, the beginning. Book, here it is. That's yeah. right. It's the hinge point where it's like, okay, we're moving to the altar now. So, um, so also with that. Usually the music, uh, the, whoever doing the music in our case, the music team, organ and him and, uh, our traditional service. Yeah. Whoever it is. <laughs> Usher. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Hank Azaria. Wait. Hank Azaria. <laughs> Who's it? Al- Azalea. No. Yeah. What? <laughs> There's a singer named Azalea. It's a, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> We're boomers. We don't know. Yeah. Who cares? No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Boomers. We're not boomers. <laughs> Millennials are just old now. That's the only thing. Uh, so. It's weird how that happens. <laughs> exactly. We're just the next boomer. Yep. <laughs> boomer's going to boom. <laughs> so, uh, so there's a song as well. That is actually partially practical again uh just to because the congregation doesn't want to just sit around while we're passing the plate and moving the things up to the table and the priest has to set the table usually and put the chalice there and the bread and count everything out so that takes a little time so there's a song there but it's also not just practical even when we choose those songs oftentimes like the theme of them is give is an offering theme so the song too how do we how do we offer 
our life and labor to the Lord? Well, first by giving thanks and praise to God. And so like an offertory song, a praise song like is appropriate there. So like uh, that will even affect kind of the hymns or songs that are sung at the offertory because it is supposed to be like this. Now we're offering up our hearts and our minds to God. And, and now I know this. So I'll <laughs> it works out. Choose All the music you have chosen has been great. So, um, so, so as that's happening, usually the ushers who have brought up the bread and wine are now passing plates around to collect money um, or checks or like sometimes a lot of people give online now. Some places will have like a little token if they gave it online that they'll put in there to symbolize it. Because here too, this is not just the practical fundraising tool of the church. It's not like, oh, if you really like the sermon, tip the priest or something like that, you know, like pass that or like, no. The tip um, bucket's going around. That's right. This is well, like, like the offertory sentence goes, like let us present uh, um, offerings of our life and labor to the Lord. Can so I, can I go back to the song for yeah, a sec yeah, yeah. before yeah. we get too okay, far? Okay, sure, here, sure, sure. Yeah. Which is I think I mean you've had this discussion before off yeah. off of the podcast. <laughs> but oh, fuck. <laughs> uh it, like traditionally for me, I've always known the offertory song to be more of like like just the band or the choir or whoever mm. it is like mm-hmm. is doing like you know singing a song yeah. that's not necessarily participatory like it can't yeah. People can do whatever they want, mm-hmm. but you know, like it's not like like other churches I've been to. It's like not even in the yeah. words aren't even in the the book or the bulletin oh, yeah, or whatever. Sure, sure, sure. It's just like a thing that you're doing yeah. as those people, and then the people listen. Yeah, but here it seems to be more like the congregation is expecting a song that they know. Yes. To, to sing their hearts out to. Is yes. That, does yeah. it matter? I mean, is there one you can that- yeah you can do it either way. Um, and bigger churches, a lot of them like that are big churches with big music programs. So that would be like a big choir and an organist and choir practice, all that kind of stuff. They'll often take the offertory oper- like as an opportunity to sing what's called an anthem. So like in the prayer book, in different yeah, places where anthem. there's music, yeah, it says like a hymn, a psalm, or an anthem may be sung. That's exactly what it says. Really? In that order? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Well, because the prayer book gives you... <laughs> guidance too when it lists things yeah yeah when it lists suggestions it's usually in order of what the prayer book wants you to do so like it's like stand or kneel after the sanctus in right two because they want you to stand through the whole thing and in right one it says kneel or stand because it's more traditional to kneel at that service but um but yeah so it says a hymn a psalm or an anthem and that, that's the difference between them a hymn is a is like a song that everyone's singing together yeah. yep and then a psalm is like again it's usually it's it says sung not said um but so it would be like a chanted or sung psalm which i've seen to done too and sometimes in different ways sometimes where it's like the choir sings most of it but there's like one line that the oh weird that the congregation i think i've seen that before yeah it's like a a repetitive thing or sometimes back and forth or an anthem and then an anthem in the church is something that just the choir is singing so it seems more like a performance um which you know in general i'm against sort of like yeah i don't like to call it a performance per se because i just it's not really what churches (laughs) That, that's right. That's you know, right. Yes. And like, I don't that's like kind of the word I was thinking. I was like working yeah, my yeah. way around when I yeah. was describing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it can seem like yeah. that sometimes. And especially if churches get used to like clapping after it, 
Like, mm, oh, no, mm. no. There should be no applause in that church. That feels awkward, yeah. Yes. Yeah, unless you're at the Temple of Satan, do not be applauding. No. Um, but definitely Don't, don't there. applaud there either, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like, this is uh, the best. <laughs> First of all, I've heard their chanted psalms are terrible, so don't even go there. Um, the night time is the right time. <laughs> That was a literal quote. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so okay. But so in, uh, in defense of the anthem, though, like that too, it's usually bigger churches. And also, usually the congregation is sitting for that, which isn't the best position to sing from. Right. Because you're passing the plate as well. So the congregation actually has something to do. And so sometimes, especially for a bigger crowd, it'd be distracting to be like you're sitting, but you're trying yeah, to sing. Trying to pass and then the you're thing. trying to get your money out. You know, that makes like sense. so so there too, when the choir does that as an anthem, it's still an offering and it's still on behalf of the whole congregation. Mm. Um and so it is participatory. It just feels less participatory. I gotcha. But yeah, for us, we love the singing all together, which is I think it's that's why that's suggested first. That's the best option. Noted. But yeah. So you did you did good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just yeah. following the lead, yeah. man. <laughs> so right. Anyways, um so okay, on. yeah. So that's the song. And it is meant to be like an offering, you know, an offering of thanks and praise. Mm-hmm. Um and uh so at the end of the song and I'll just say how we do it here. This isn't universal. At the end of the song, somehow or another, all of the money and checks or little piece of paper, prayer requests, or sometimes kids will like make little drawings and put it in there, which is kind of cool, a little offering to God. <laughs> Whatever people are offering yeah. up to God is collected and brought up again by the ushers as a symbolic offering on behalf of the whole congregation. And that's taken up to the table and sometimes it's left on the altar, blessed and put to the side and lifted up, uh, which, which is what we do. Um, and there too, like here, we, this is not just, again, the, the fundraising part of the, of the church service, because a lot of people don't even give much there. But uh, part of the reason why we have churches that put some sort of physical thing you can put in the offertory is because this is how we are putting everything we've done the week before, all of our labor, right, into up on that altar, huh. right? And so, like, literally, if the altar were big enough, we would all go stand on the altar. <laughs> like, <laughs> we are offering ourselves, right? Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. But that's impractical. And plus, we have to eat <laughs> off that table. <laughs> Don't have to do the foot washing every Sunday just so we can stand on the table. Um, but uh, but so symbolically now, and I wouldn't, and, and when I say symbolically, I don't mean like merely symbolically, but participatorily, we have put our, we are, have offered ourselves up on that altar. So we've gathered everything to the altar. We have the bread and the wine. Now the bread and the wine also, right? We're not just putting wheat and grapes up there. There's a whole back and forth between us and God that has already happened for us to make that bread and wine, right? Like he gives us the seeds of grain and we have to plant them or plant vines. And then they, he has to like make water fall from the sky and then the plants grow up Mm. by the grace of God. And then we have to harvest them and crush them up and turn them into grape juice or, you know, flour and then produce them into 
this wine and this bread that is now edible and can give us life. And then we're taking that that's already this sort of back and forth offering between us and God. And we're taking some of that as a, as a token of everything God has given us and the whole process that God has given us of life, this like circle of life that is this beautiful back and forth gift giving between us and God. Hakuna Matata. Yeah, Hakuna Matata. And uh, putting it on the altar, um, giving it back up to God so that in the next step, it will once again be transformed again by God's power in the same way that a seed is transformed into wheat and then, you know, all that kind of stuff um, into a new kind of bread, a new kind of life that's then given back to us again, and then we're going to eat it. So like there's this pattern of like, of ever increasing reciprocal gift giving that's already part of it by the time we get to the beginning of the service. Nice. And so, yeah, it's, it's a cool thing. So what... Another thing, I guess, logistically, I've never yeah. noticed, when all the offertory stuff is put on the altar, where yeah. does it stay there the whole time? Does it go somewhere? I don't the know. bread and the wine? No. I guess the the, the money and the stuff. Plate, the money and stuff. So here what that we do never is go there? Okay. we take it and it we gets passed to me at the altar. Mm-hmm. And so I lift it up and then I take it As down an and I bless it and I put it on the credence table, which is where sort of like the stuff to the side is like, so the extra cups and uh, the okay. the bread. So like it gets blessed and offered. So I it's see. part of the offering. Okay. So it's okay. like, sometimes you'll keep it I on the table. Sometimes yeah. you won't. It depends how big the altar is and like the tradition of that church and all that kind of stuff. So, nice. um, so yeah. So that's what we do here though, but it's, it's part of it. It's all part of it. <laughs> um, so on the altar then we, um, oh, I should say, when we're doing that, not all churches do that, but we sing a special song called the doxology. Doxology means the uh, the the words of praise. Um, that's what doxa means. Um, yeah, there's no doxology logos. in this book. Yeah, that's not I necessary. I didn't realize that. That's mostly like our diocese and my old diocese, two dioceses of Texas, a lot of churches do that. Uh, yeah, I've always known it. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 pretty popular, but not it's not necessary. You know, it's kind of a fad. So yeah, <laughs> so we sing it, and it's, it's it goes like this: Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> That's right. And it's beautiful it. <laughs> and it's often sung in four part harmony because oh, yeah. like you've just heard it every Sunday and yeah, it's you're singing one of those yeah, beautiful <laughs> things. And that I is, don't like the chords to that song, by the way. There's something goofy in like, like the first two measures. Yeah. I gotta fix it. Okay, you I can just do never it. think about it. All right, so. <laughs> Matt's here to fix the <laughs> fix the docs. Fix the docs. <laughs> Look, um, we fixed Easter, we fixed Christmas, now we're yeah, fixing docs. That's right, exactly. <laughs> Watch out, Pentecost. <laughs> Boy, don't get me started. <laughs> oh. So, yes, yeah, so that's what we're doing as we're bringing the money. And, and as here at the church, we raise up the gifts symbolically, too, just to say, like, what are we doing when we're offering? We're praising God for these gifts he's given us. We're giving back to him from what he's given us. From him, all blessings flow. Uh, and we're offering him praise as well with the angels, you know, like the 
both above and below, you know, like all the creatures above the heavenly space in the heavenly spaces and on behalf of the earth. And we talked about that too. That's our calling as human beings is to be the creature that gives thanks and praise to God on behalf of everyone. So we're already doing it. Yeah, we're we already doing it right there. This, um, this isn't boding well. It's uh, been 30 five minutes almost and uh we've done a third of a the page. offertory is important and now. only stuff in italics <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> i think we're gonna go real fast though we're definitely gonna yeah, finish so the, fast. Yeah, that's what we do we get to fast the is when i think yeah. father eric i think it's gonna be real fast <laughs> yeah it's gonna be great guys <laughs> see you in four months all right um <laughs> so once we do that everything's set everything's on the table we have one chalice we never have more than one chalice for the consecration if we need to consecrate more wine it's always in little cruets that is what they're called little like uh sort of serving pitchers yeah um yeah, they can yeah. be big or small but we only ever have one cup oh. and we also um we uh, uh we can have as many sort of plates for bread as we want but the idea is like it's one bread, one chal- one cup. Like it's so like it's a unity thing. In you our know? church, you know, there's someone with like a gluten thing. Like, is that when you have it in a different thing for that? Is that what do you do so, to make that happen? Yeah. So we always have some in the that gets consecrated in the chalice. And then we have like at our ten thirty service, we have a bunch in a cruet as well. So after it's all been consecrated, when you have the fraction, the breaking of the bread. Mm. That's also when we divide up the gifts. So if we need to pour more into some more chalices, if we need to like separate out the bread, uh-huh. that's what we, that's when. Okay. So okay. like I just pour from the cruet into a special gluten free chalice, Ooh. so they don't get cross contamination from uh, the gluteny chalices. Gluteny, yeah, <laughs> the pro gluten, exactly. <laughs> so that's how that that works, and the gluten free bread is up there too. So okay. everything that's on the little uh, uh, square. Lazy corporal, Susan. it's called, oh, is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, gets consecrated. Is that's what's being uh, um, offered up to be changed into the body and blood of Christ. Nice, okay. Yeah, and so we start our prayer, and it's a big one. So, what we if do... I sneak something onto that? What will it transform? <laughs> well, it depends. If it's a chocolate bar, then no. But oh. like, <laughs> if bread, probably. Ooh, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna try it sometime. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Get my own little Sneaky little piece of sourdough yeah. up there. Yes. <laughs> it works with sourdough. It does. Yep. Yep. All right. There's a lot of different kinds of bread. So we yep. move into the great Thanksgiving. Okay. Huh? The great Thanksgiving. And that's what Eucharistic means. Eucharist means giving thanks. Oh. Um, and so uh, that is the mean, that's the action by which God transforms um, transforms the bread and wine to the body and blood, but also by which he transforms us into his body and blood. So like, what is it to be fully in Christ's image, the true man who is true God? Is He perfectly um, takes up and performs and perfectly sinlessly does the thing of giving perfect sacrifice and praise to God, right, on the cross. So he beca- he does the thing that humans have always supposed to been do, right? And not on just on behalf of himself, but on behalf of the whole world. So what we're doing to participate in his great offering is like we don't have to get nailed to a cross literally. Thank goodness. But we do lift up our hands like he lifted up his um in thanks and praise to 
to God on behalf of the whole world. And so we're stepping into that offering and that sacrifice of love that he made for us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, um, so already we're off to like a good start, right? Oh, yeah. We're doing the Thanksgiving thing, the thing that humans were made to do, give thanks and praise to God in all times and places. And so we do that with different kinds of prayers. We won't go through them all. Don't worry. One will be enough. We'll see. Um, It starts (laughs) off, though, with a back and forth, the Lord be with you and also with you, which is usually how we start most of our communal prayers. That says, this is a communal prayer. I'm going to talk. The priest is, but this is on behalf of everyone. But we continue, lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord, which means putting our attention on the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right right to to give give him him thanks thanks and and praise. And so that's naming the whole thing of what we're doing in this prayer. We're giving thanks and praise. And it almost always starts with pretty much the same line. Almost every prayer in, whether it's right one, right two, um, it is truly right to glorify you, Father, and to give you thanks, or it is truly right to give you thanks and praise in all times and places, or it is meet and right so to do. To get, you know, like in right. the, But it's the same thing, um, which is saying, like, it is our job. It is right. It is the correct thing to do in all times and places for every human being, for every Christian, at least, who this has taken up this we've, vocation. We've been doing a different one lately, haven't we? Yeah, we're doing prayer D, D. right now, which Ooh. is awesome. Okay. That's from the Liturgy of St. James, one of the oldest liturgies nice. we have. Um, so, but it's, but interestingly, the Liturgy of St. James and prayer A, prayer B, the right one, they're all the same pattern. So I'm going to talk about the pattern real quick, and then we'll probably be done right there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Tell us about the pattern, yeah. Father Eric. So the pattern from <laughs> of this big, big old prayer comes from uh, basically the uh, the Seder prayers of that we would be familiar with in like rabbinical Judaism even today, but like uh, kind of the the Passover celebration pr- dinner prayers because that's where this comes from, right? This yeah. the Passover supper uh, that Jesus celebrated with his disciples the night before he was. That was the first communion. Mm -hmm. And so the pattern of that prayer um, is thanks, thanks, please, basically. So there's two thanksgivings, and then there's an ask for for God to do something. And it's kind of similar to because Easter, well, say in English, we call Easter, Easter. We're the only language that I know of that calls Easter, Easter, and not some version of Pascha or Pasha or Passover. Passover, right? It's a, our Passover celebration. And every Sunday is a celebration of Easter. It was a celebration of that Passover, the resurrection of Jesus. And so, um, so that's why we do communion every single Sunday. And we say this Passover prayer, we're remembering our liberation from sin and death, uh, and in, in Christ's death and resurrection. So, Two thanks we start with. Thanks, thanks. Yeah. First, we thank God for everything, right? It's a good place to start. We thank God for creation. Um, We thank God for... for not, you know, abandoning us to sin and death, even when we abandon him. We thank God for Israel, um, and we thank God for sending sending us Jesus. Actually, I'll... uh, we thank God for Israel. We thank God for all the blessings of this life, right? Right. Um, we usually, in that first one, that first giving thanks time, we usually give thanks 
for we will have a preface, a special prayer if there's a special day or for the season. So if we're if it's at a wedding that in that first sort of giving thanks for, we'll specifically hone in. Since we're giving thanks for everything, we'll hone in on marriage and we'll hone in on this couple yeah, yeah, yeah. and their witness to us. I've publicly. noticed that. It's kind of like yeah. ever since you pointed out the collect to me, like I noticed that. But yes. like I've noticed lately, I'm like, oh wait, this kind of this yeah. little sentence here changes and points with. the things That's also. right, <laughs> right. So not in prayer D, but prayer D kind of just matches the season we've been in anyway. Gotcha. Because it's a season of epiphany and it's very light focused uh, prayer D. But prayer A and B and both the prayers in right one, your your preface always matches your season or your, your event. So gotcha. it's like there's a special preface for Christmas, one for Advent. We'll be hearing the one for Lent for the next few Are uh, they all Sundays. in here too? All the prefaces? And Holy Week. Yeah, they're all in there. Nice. There's a whole little section, all prefaces, oh, man. Oh, boy. And there's like, there's some for uh, particular saints days, for apostles and ordinations, for the dedication of a church, which is very funny because mm-hmm. some saints, when you celebrate them, their preface is for the dedication of a church because <laughs> they were like church builders nice. in some way. And so like you use the same prayers. And tell me, do you have a preface preference? Uh, preface preference. That's a good question. <laughs> oh man, I like them all. I like them all. They're so, they're all so good. They're beautiful. They really are. Indeed. They're like it, it, the, the, that first part of the communion prayer, just like the way the colic does the theme, like um, uh, for the day, th- they bring out different aspects of our tradition that mm-hmm. are just really cool, really cool. Um, and all the way up to funerals where you're praying for the the deceased person and for uh, for all those who rest and wait for Christ. Um, uh, yeah, those who we love and see no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really amazing. So, okay. So that first thanks brings us up to, um, to, uh, uh, to the Sanctus. The Sanctus we usually sing. Sanctus just means holy, and it's called that because it starts out holy, holy, holy Lord. And it's uh, usually we introduce it the same way in some way or another. We say we talk about the heavenly uh, archangels and archangels. Maybe we talk about the saints as well or the patriarchs of ages past or whatever. And we say... um, Countless throngs of angels stand before you to serve in night and day and joining with them and giving voice to every creature under heaven, right? The thing that we're made to do as humans, we acclaim you and glorify your name as we sing. And then we sing the Sanctus, holy, 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 God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And there's, now there's, there's multiple musics yeah. of that one yeah. also, right? There's many different settings. Because what we do here is like yeah. different than <clears throat> the one I grew up with. Yes. That starts all organy, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're trying to like cycle through them too. <laughs> There's different sort of settings that are... can They can be really penitential or yeah, they can yeah, be really yeah. glorious or... Um, and then there's also slightly different phrasings too. But for the most part, it's... You know, you might repeat a couple things more in some and not in some others. You should but tell me when you want to switch them. That'd be fun. Yeah. I Well, in Lent, I think. Uh, it might be... And we might be continuing with this one for... Lent, but if not in Lent, then not in Easter. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. I just finished like a, a pretty coherent rota all right. for all our liturgy for the year. Did you say rota? Yeah. Rota. Okay. I don't know what that means, but rotation. rotation? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There we go. I just assumed it was a word I didn't know. Yeah. So kudos to I, you. <laughs> I heard it. I know what it is, but I don't know what it means. Rota? Yeah. <laughs> rota. 
Wasn't that Mary Tyler Moore's friend? Yes, that's exactly, that's what it's named after. She was a famous liturgist, liturgical scholar. <laughs> Boomers. <laughs> okay, so the Sanctus is important. Why? Because that holy, holy, holy God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. That is what the angels are singing every time some random prophet gets sucked up into the heavenly places and comes before the throne of God or the altar of God in heaven. What? It's surrounded by angels. And what are they doing? They're covering their eyes and bowing down before the Lord and they're singing, holy, 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 uh, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. And so the priest, and if anyone else is up in that altar area, what do we do when we sing it? We bow down before the throne of God, the altar of God. Um, and what that is saying is we're joining our voices with that heavenly liturgy mm-hmm. where the angels are always serving the Lord and uh, and offering up our prayers. Like when we pray, a little angel brings it, puts it on the altar of God or whatever. Um, again, this is like apocalyptic language, but it's yeah. consistent apocalyptic language <laughs> through the scriptures. And so that we can know that when at this point in the service – from the very beginning, but we have been drawn up into the heavenly places. You know, we are in a place where heaven and earth are crossing over. And so we're taking our place as not just earthly, but also heavenly servants of God. And we're singing the song that the angels sing with the angels, because what is Jesus? He's where God and humanity meet. He's where heaven and earth meet and become one. And so that's what's about to happen. That's what's happening in church is Jesus, that unity between heaven and earth, between divine and human, is being created, made, you know, like a consecrated, cre- not created anew, but, you know, like made manifest in the elements on the altar. Nice. Yeah. So we've, we've slowly been building to that, you know, like we first we make the body, the assembly of people and then we're like offering everything up on the altar and now we're singing the songs of the heavenly places and actually if you follow along with revelation the book of revelation is actually kind of like an apocalypse a heavenly unveiling of what we do in our church every sunday who shows up after everyone's gathered around the word of god the lamb who is one like a a slain lamb right jesus Mm -hmm. and so like we're about to that point where jesus is about to show up in church close Yes. So, quick side note. Yeah. Okay. Hosanna. Is it just like a kind of like a motive exclamation, like hallelujah, yeah. or is it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, Hosanna. So the next part, the Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. That comes from not a heavenly place, but the triumphal entry, which we'll do on Palm Sunday. Oh, Everyone yeah. waves the palms as Jesus is what he's coming in. It's the same thing, right? Jesus is entering into the city, into Jerusalem, where the temple is. He's he's getting close now, right? Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So we're taking up that sort of triumphal Jesus is about to arrive thing. And nice. so we're combining the heavenly, like, approached, uh, like, uh, uh, experience of God and the earthly right in that song. And so that song's important, too. And uh, it... It shows what we're doing. We're we're at that place where heaven and earth are meeting. Nice. That makes sense. Well, that's our time. No okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I knew I couldn't make it. Okay. So next we give the so second close. thanks. So this is really familiar to you. We're giving thanks here for Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Um, and of course, 
his resurrection and ascension. So we, uh, this is where people will be familiar after the Sanctus. Sometimes people kneel. You can, can stay standing in right two. As I said, it's actually preferred to stand through the whole thing, though it doesn't catch on that quickly all the time. But um, I think we most people kneel at ours. I most think. people kneel. Yeah. As I recall. Yeah. That's I'm right. usually standing that's with right. my guitar, so I don't notice. But yeah. <laughs> yes. I think most people kneel. Some people stand, though. Okay. It's cool. So we're giving thanks to that. So this is where you get the story. Every time we say on the night before he was handed over for suffering and death, he took bread and he blessed it and he gave it to his disciples and said, take this, eat all of you. Um, and so that, of course, is, you know, what Jesus did. It's also, you know, what Paul said was handed on to him that he handed on to, like, I believe the Corinthians as like one of the most fundamental things that even not fully catechized early Christians would know. It was one of the first things you learned, right? That Jesus died and he rose again, according to the scriptures. And before he did that, he handed on to his disciples his body and blood in this uh, uh, this mysterious way, this sacramental way. And so that proclamation of Christ's death and rebirth or death and resurrection is not just a historical thing that early Christians acknowledge, but it was the reality and fullness of what we were participating in, in the bread and the wine. So that's like really, really early. Like Paul is talking about this in a few different uh, letters in scripture uh, and it, and that those words of institution the night before he died, Christ, that mm-hmm. that's in there specifically. That he want really, it's really important that uh, people hear that and, and that in the communities so where he's writing. to. Did they start doing yeah. communion like immediately? Yeah, like after <clears throat> Jesus died. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, cool. I mean, like Easter Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like that's what the. Hey, remember yeah. what we did three days ago? Yeah, let's do it again. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. I mean, because they were like, "Well, he said, do this in remembrance of him." That's why the disciples are all gathered early in the morning on Sunday morning to, and Jesus. That's where Jesus appears to them, right? Because that's where Jesus appears to us. And then the next Sunday, since Thomas wasn't there, he appears again to them as they're gathered together. Right? What are they gathered to the, together doing? They're having communion, right? They're doing the ritual meal that he had asked them to do. And if you read a lot of the resurrection appearances in um, in Luke and in, well, in all of the gospels, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them happen on Sunday when the disciples are gathered together in the spirit of truth. Sometimes it says something like that. Those are words that mean they were at worship. And the way that Jesus had taught them to worship was through sort of like uh, basically exactly what we do. Like we have a little more, they didn't have as many hymns in their hymnal yet, but like they did sing hymns even like we know that too. Um, And they broke the bread and like Jesus would appear in person sometimes. And that too was kind of letting them know like, yes, even after I ascend, when you do this thing, I am there with you really not symbolic not like merely in your heads or like as a memory like no this bread and this wine it really is connected to me i'm truly present in these uh elements so have you ever thought this is random but yeah like if jesus actually showed up like what would it take to make you believe it was actually him that's a good question because <laughs> i don't know what it would take yeah. like 
I'd be doubtful nah. at first, no matter what. <laughs> exactly. Which is what that's what the saints say too. Like there was this uh, a monk in a cave, one of the desert fathers, who went to his <laughs> spiritual father, and he was saying that the Virgin Mary was appearing to him while he was praying and telling him what a good job he was doing praying. And the spiritual father was like, "That doesn't sound like her, actually. <laughs> that sounds like uh, a demon trying to like oh convince you you're doing awesome when you're not." Um, <laughs> so next time you uh, she appears, I want you to spit on her oh my and like <laughs> and and the monk reacted the way you did <laughs> he's like look virgin mary is humble if she's really the virgin mary she'll be fine and like she'll understand and like if she's not then she'll then make the sign of the cross and uh, over and drive it away and so he spit on it and it turned into a demon made the sign of the cross and it left that's so wild yeah yeah <laughs> Very like Jeez. Christianity has a very um not skeptical in that it's possible, but like a very critical like we're not a credulous faith, yeah. which is ironic to say. Like we right. have a <laughs> we have beliefs that are very yeah rock hard and awesome and, and yeah. involve miracles, but like um but like we Christians are warned many times by the saints like do not just because something crazy amazing happens or because you like it that does not mean it's from god there are other people out there yourself your own delusions i've seen midnight there's like yeah exactly (laughs) that's right there's there's you know bad actors and charlatans and there's demons that can they can do miracles too like don't fall for that stuff so yeah if jesus showed up in our liturgy we would be putting him to the test basically that'd be crazy yeah because yeah. like he probably already wouldn't look i mean even if he looked like mm-hmm. everything that we have him look like in all the you yeah. know paintings and whatnot he probably wouldn't even come back looking like that he'd yeah. look like something else <laughs> yeah yeah and by the way like this happens it is not uncommon i was just this was i mentioned to you i was really angry earlier it's like in a bad mood <laughs> It's because of yeah, Netflix. I walked, I walked in yeah. and looked at you and I was like, you okay, yeah, man? Are you all right? <laughs> I watched a, a, a Netflix documentary. I finished the third episode me and Alex were watching about that Twin Flames cult. I don't uh, know have that you seen one. that? It's like this cult that uh, this guy and his wife, it's basically, it's unique because it's like an online cult. They what? didn't, until now, they apparently they bought some property in Michigan. So look out, Michigan. Um, but like everyone just interacted online through like, but they, it was, it started, it's a money cult is where it started. <laughs> like they were like selling. How it goes a lot of yeah. times. <laughs> the idea was every single person has a twin flame, your soulmate, and they could match you with them essentially. Oh, and you, but you had to pay like a lot of money for the classes, figure that stuff out. Eventually they were like, oh no, this is a church. And then eventually they were like, oh yeah, the, our leader, the man is Jesus. And so like, that's cool. And like, let's just keep going with it. And that's always, that's always how it goes. You know, Charles Manson, he said he was Jesus and the devil. Mm. Um, you know, like it's actually not uncommon when, when John in his letters are, is talking about the antichrists, it's plural. It's not just like some left behind, you know, book series like one dude at the end of the world it's like no when people get spiritually deluded either through their own ends or by literal demons which i don't know about the twin flames folks they talk about channeling things and hearing voices in their head i'm like okay well it's one or the other or both in their case but like oftentimes what they end up doing is thinking they're jesus it like it's very common so like when 
the early Christians were very aware that people were walking around and either saying like, oh, I'm the real servant of Jesus and what you've heard before is untrue. And so putting other Christians and putting people who claimed to have a Christian teaching to the test was very important. And then you literally did also have people coming around saying, no, I'm Jesus. You heard about the resurrection. Well, here here I I am, you know, like... (laughs) Just give me your money or whatever. <laughs> or, you know, so so anyway, okay, I'm sorry. That was an aside. Last aside, because okay. you just made me think of something else. Okay, cool. Which is, have you read The Left Behind? I've read some of them. I read, oh, I'm so terrible. I read the book Assassins, because I was like, Assassins, that sounds cool. I love is that Assassins. part of the series? It's like the fourth book. Okay. But okay. I just read that one. Just that one. Yeah. Wow. And then I was like, this is interesting. This seems like there's a larger story going <laughs> yeah. on. Uh, I never really read the whole thing. I actually thought, I I mean, who knows? I was a teenager. I also thought Dune was the best book ever written. <laughs> and on a reread recently, I found it not good. <laughs> not 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 nearly as good as I remember. It's a, it's a great book. It's yeah. a great, like, um, sci-fi world and stuff. But, like, it's really, I was like, oh, man, I was such a teenager when I read this, thinking <laughs> this is cool. But, um, so, yeah, I, there's... We it's, should, it's we an should interesting... both read the first one and then talk yeah. about it on one of these podcasts. On Left Behind be, or yeah. Dune? <laughs> Left Behind. I'd be so okay. curious what your thoughts are on that. Oh, absolutely. I haven't read it since like high school, yeah. so I don't remember. Yeah. I remember yeah. Kurt Cameron. It's... That's right. I mean, to their credit, at least the authors, they didn't say that what they were doing was like, this is a legit prediction of right. how the world, but um, kind of the the perspective they were taking on it of like, okay, everything in Revelation is sort of a one-to-one prophecy about a historical event yeah. that will happen in the future um, and mixed in with some, you know, n- real fun early internet 90s conspiracy <laughs> theories. Um, and so it was fun. It was fun for anyone who liked X-Files and was Christian, I think. Uh, it was kind of like <laughs> the, the demographic, <laughs> uh, which is me. So like, um, but it was all, it, it was it was cool. And it did kind of flesh out kind of like, some of the weird imagery, like what it would look like yeah, if it was right. a one-to-one symbol of something that happened. But like the problem is revelation just isn't that exactly. It could in some, it's, it's one of those <laughs> Let's things. Let's do an episode. Yeah, we'll do an episode. All right. All right. Yeah, we'll okay. So the, the second Thanksgiving then we gave thanks for everything and all the blessings. We sang the praises of God as the angels and, and as humans. Uh, we gave thanks for Jesus and we gave thanks for his sacrifice. Um, and uh, and then uh, um, and 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 reenacted in a way the uh, the Last Supper. And so our next big thing that we say together is: you, it's usually we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, uh, we, we await, await the coming. coming. Yeah, that's right. Which is we call that the mystery of faith. Now, the mystery of faith, sometimes when we think about this, I remember when I was a young atheist before I read Assassins, which converted me thoroughly. No, just kidding. Um, um, I used to think oh, this was one said, of my sticking points. Have you read points. Left Behind? You're like, that's why I'm a priest. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing it out in reality now. Um, no, the, uh, um, what was I going to say? Uh, uh Oh, those words are in. Oh, in the B. mystery of faith. The mystery of faith. Um, that, but that is what that is called. Um, and so I used to think like, 
oh man, that's a real cheater's way to get out of reason. You know, like you take all the weird stuff, like he's died, he's risen and he'll come again. And you're like, oh, well, that's a mystery. So we don't have to explain any of that. But that is actually not what that means. Mystery in the in church terminology, it's not a Sherlock Holmes book of like something you can't know. Actually, a Sherlock Holmes book is kind of like it because how does Sherlock Holmes solve the mystery by getting in there and figuring it out? Right. That's why you're a Through priest. That's why I'm a priest. Exactly. Um, but that's what mystery. So in the East, actually, so in the West, we call sacraments these things sacraments, which means sign symbols, but with the understanding that participates in the thing. In the East, the original language for communion was uh, their word for sacrament is mysterion, mystery. And so what they meant was, if any, if you've ever studied like or read like ancient um, Hellenistic, like Greek pagan myths and like mystery religions, like mystery religions were things where you're doing some ritual in which you are engaging in invisible things are revealed to you, right? So that's what a mystery is. A mystery is something that is revealed through participation. Oh. So it's it's like the difference between like reading a book about riding a bike and actually riding a bike. There's a certain kind of knowledge of riding a bike that you cannot read about. You can't. You just so can't get know. Get on a bike. Yeah. So. How do we how do we come up with our version of mystery from that version of mystery? Because that's what we're doing. That, so trying like to solve it, yeah. Trying to what, what did we do? It? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, what did we do um, at the beginning of the service in the liturgy of the word? We read about Jesus, and we read about God, and we read about following Him, and we read about a sacrifice. Like we read about it. Now we're engaging in the mystery in which we are going to directly participate in that sacrifice. Yeah. We are going to directly participate in God. And so ultimately God gives us enough to see and know and understand a little book to read. So we feel confident in getting on the bike and riding it. But again, we've moved to action now, right? So the mystery, so when we're proclaiming the mystery of faith, what we're saying is, okay, here's what it looks like we're doing. We're lifting up some bread and we're saying a prayer and we're eating it. What are we actually doing, right? Right. We are remembering his death, resurrection, and ascension. Oh, yeah. And remember doesn't just mean in the mind in, in the Greek. It, anamnesis means like the unforgetting. We're bringing back into reality the truth of his death, resurrection, and ascension right now. Um, so we're naming what the mystery we're participating in is participating in, okay. if that makes okay. sense. So like we're that's, that's what we're doing. We're naming... When we're eating this bread, it's not just bread anymore. It is it is our share of Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. We just it's truth in advertising. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, don't get it twisted, all y'all newcomers here. This looks like bread and wine. It is not. This is the blood and body of a God man. So Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It looks it's, like Saint I mean, Margaret not there is just like watching you talk. It's weird me out. Well, I hope I'm doing okay, Saint Margaret. There's a painting. Is that a painting? Saint Margaret is awesome. Saint Margaret. Yeah, it's an icon. Um, an icon. One of our members' father-in-law is an iconographer, okay. and um, he just moved back to California and uh, donated it to. That's cool. So, 
Yeah, it's really cool. It is. It's a good one. St. Margaret's are really cool. Well, we're not going to finish today. No, let's do no. it. Let's do it. The please. No. Let's just do the please. Please. We, we're going to get to the great please. things, the great amen. Yeah, the great amen. We can do it right now. All right. Okay. Let's do it. All right. Well, the, all right. So that's <laughs> the thanks. Thanks. thanks we named what we're doing. <laughs> and then we finally ask God to act, right? We've done our part. We've listed it all up. And what do we ask him for? We ask him to send his Holy Spirit like Jesus sent it on the disciples to make them apostles. Uh, and we ask him to send the Holy Spirit on the bread and the and the wine and transform it into the body and blood of Christ. And then we ask him to send the Holy Spirit upon us. Sometimes we do it all together in one sentence, sometimes a little separated. But we're at, that's what we're asking for is one thing, for God to send his Holy Spirit, the thing that makes that makes the second person of the Trinity the Son, the son that infinitely and eternally binds him to the father. We're asking that same spirit now to come on us and bind us to the father in the son by him and with him and through him, which are like the last words, right? Yep. And so that's what we're asking for. That's what this whole prayer is about through our thanks and praise doing our job. Like we want you to send your spirit to make this bread and us the body and blood of Christ. And then we lift it up. Right, just as Jesus was lifted up on the cross, and um, we say the by Him and with Him and in Him and the unity of the Holy Spirit, all power and glory come from Thee, O Lord, uh, forever and ever. And then we say the great Amen, which is all in caps, and we all say it, and it's supposed to be the loudest sung or said Amen of the whole service because it's the most important <laughs> one. And then that is when the magic happens, Ooh. and when. Ooh. The bread and wine come back down. That is Christ has now entered the building. Oh, snap. And let's leave it there. Let's, <laughs> that's a good place right there. I know you keep trying to, to to press it on to our congregation. Like, this is supposed to be loud, guys. Yeah. And I feel like people remember for like that week and like after. And then, you think yeah. so? Yeah. It's pretty good. It, it's not I have bad. a weird perspective. I'm going to, so, I'm going to, you, know. you know, we'll have some more training in Lent. Get our ready position in like the back wing wall. Mm-hmm. Doesn't allow me to hear too well. <laughs> I can. It sounds pretty loud to me. Like, like sometimes pe- I want to get all up on my mic and be like, "Amen, <laughs> do it." Yeah, Amen. Amen. Should sound like a Metallica, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, we almost did it, man. We almost did we it. Almost what was this part four? But I am. Well, pretty, seven is the most perfect number. So no. I am pretty confident we'll finish it next. Time. I think so. I was not confident this time. <laughs> no, no, no. Me either. Yeah, coming into the communion prayer, it's like no. We could add four more episodes just on yeah. the great amen. I mean, <laughs> we still have to do the Lord's prayer, which probably could be its own episode, also. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think we'll be good. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Christ has okay. arrived He's at here. this point in the service. He is here. He is here, he and is we'll here. see what he does yeah. next time on after the likeness i don't feel like we should say anything else that was a perfect ending <laughs> oh right <on. laughs> thanks for have. listening guys y'all yes. are awesome yes you are like rate subscribe share tell all of your friends yes. every episcopalian you've ever Bright known graffiti in everyone in bathrooms at after yes. the likeness if you've mm-hmm. ever known an episcopalian yeah tell them to listen or a potential if you ever known anybody who's an atheist tell them Yes. Zoroastrians Make also. Every, yes. <laughs> Those guys. <laughs> oh, you're all the best. Thanks again. We'll see you next time. I'm Matt Kitchen. And I'm Father Eric. And this is After, After the, the Likeness. likeness. <laughs> bye bye. Bye.